for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. This is the 10 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. This is where we talk about something specific about your home, castle, or cabin. If you have a home maintenance calendar, you know February is plumbing month. All month long, we'll be talking about some aspect of plumbing. Starting with the most important element, well, I guess water has to get delivered to our home. That'll actually be next Saturday's broadcast, all the components of plumbing, not only the supply side, but the drain side. But as far as I'm concerned, the water heater. I have said this before, Chris and Linda, I don't know if, uh, Chris doesn't believe me. I would sooner give up my air conditioning unit than my water heater. At the end of a hot day, an Arizona day, you know how nasty it is to go to sleep with your head sweat crusted? I can take a shower and go to sleep a lot easier in a warm environment than going to sleep dirty in a cool environment. Well, I got to have my water heater, man. <laughs> that's certainly true now in the cooler weather. I don't know if you'd really say that when it's 120 out, but yeah, I agree with you. Got to have the water heater. We're joined with Chris and Linda Stanfield of Stampede Plumbing. If you've got a plumbing question, it doesn't have to pertain to water heaters, which is our topic of the day, just any plumbing question in general. It's one 888 rosie for you Text questions can be sent to 411923. Or you can email questions to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Let's start with the basic components of a what has been the traditional water heater for, what, the last 30, 40 years? Now, I know we've got a lot of new types of water heaters, the Marathon and Tankless. Most of our listening audience, uh, this isn't going to apply to. They haven't had that conversion yet. So let's go with our standard, let's say, 50-gallon tank water heater starting at the top. I'm looking at it. I'm a brand-new homeowner. What am I looking at? Well, sure. The first thing you in every installation would be the shutoff valve. That would be the on the pipes that go into the water heater that bring the cold water in and the hot water out. And you definitely want that shut off on the cold side for service. Or if there's a problem or a leak, you'd be able to shut it off. Without having to run to find where the shutoff to the house is or the shutoff to the street. Yeah, panic sets in sometimes <laughs> when there's a leak and you kind of forget. But that that's the main shut off up on top. And so then there's a second tube going back out of the top. Yes, the hot. That supplies the hot water that the water heater makes, and it goes back into the piping system of the home. So how does the, you know, water seeks its own level and it flows downhill. How does water go out the top? Well, with pressure, it's, it's pressured on the cold side going in, and then that, as you open up a faucet, it allows water to go out of the faucet, but then that the cold water pushes the way through. The water actually, even though the pipe that you look at is on top, it's carried down through what's called a, a water tube, and it, it puts the cold water at the bottom, and it forces the hot water out from the top. And that also helps. They call it a lot of times the self-cleaning. It stirs up the sediment on the bottom to prevent uh, the, the buildup. Yeah, every manufacturer does it a little different. Some actually put a curve in the pipe to make it swirl. Some put little slots in it so it spreads it out. Um, but it stirs it up and, and, and keeps it suspended so that it doesn't— uh, all of it end up in your water heater, although in Arizona, a lot of it does. <laughs> a lot of it does. And so that's the top of the water heater, the water supply coming in, the 
the cold, the hot supply going out, the shutoff valve. There's also another pipe uh, that may be on the top or the side that uh, it's got a little silver valve on it. Yeah, that's the temperature and pressure relief. Those are very important because, you know, water heaters didn't used to have those, and uh, pressure could build up and actually explode a uh, water heater. So occasionally you might see that on the news. It happens once <laughs> or twice a year. They're, they're very uh, dangerous explosions when it does happen, but that prevents that from happening. Water expands easily, and that actually opens up when it gets too much pressure or temperature. And it just, you know, it only lets out a little bit of water. It's not like it opens all the way, but that lowers the pressure and makes it safe. And that is spring pressure, so it's not like it's a mechanical uh, sensor or an electronic thing that can fail spring pretty easy as the pressure builds it pushes that spring up yes one of the most important things on that Romy is that can you hear me there you are okay um one of the most important things on that is that we test that and make sure it's working a lot of people forget to maintain their water heater every year those are some of those components that we want to make sure is working to prevent problems. We had a homeowner house about 10 years ago, I think you remember, that water heater is electric. It, was, it blew up through the house, through the ceiling, landed a block over, but it wasn't working is what the problem is. A lot of people look at their water heater and just assume because they have hot water, all those parts are working. It happened just, it was about 10 years ago, and it was just before a big home show down at the convention center. Yes. It was a big story the whole week leading up to it. And that house actually had to be flattened and rebuilt because of that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. And this was just the garage, though. The whole house had to be flattened. Yeah, yeah. It even yeah. ruined some of the windows for the neighbor, <laughs> and it, it really took it off its slab and pushed it. They, in home inspection school, they show a video about how they forced this technique to be government mandated that all manufacturers have to do it and they did it in a apartment building that they installed an old water heater that didn't have one they the heating element they rigged it so that it would fail and it wouldn't shut off uh the thermostat they rigged it that the thermostat wouldn't shut the heating element off which is what was happening sometimes and they just sat back and waited. It blew out this apartment building, and that was how they they convinced them this needs to be mandated right. uh, into our manufacturing because in a heavy populated uh, apartment complex right. where you've got many people living, the amount of lives is – and it blew out the whole side of the yeah. wall. Yeah. Like three stories up, yeah. just – gone it's very very dangerous we've actually had customers where even just their garage door blew off so it, it, as minor as a garage door is to a whole house these things are very very important and the most important thing is now we have it mandated that we don't want to scare homeowners but we want to make sure homeowners realize it's important to annually check have professionally check out your water heater all these pieces need to be in working order and it's spring pressured so how does that uh, fail. You have corrosion. You have when we heat something, uh, the calcium and the hard minerals that are in our water get left behind when it through evaporation. That can all build up, and you know that corrosion can create it just strong enough bond that the spring's not working. Exactly. So you want to make sure that that gets checked. And I've <laughs> I learned not to mess with mine because after I opened it and shut it, it wouldn't shut again. Exactly. It was stuck on, so now I've got all my hot water just pouring out the side of that. 
Yeah, we've Should had people that. do that too. <laughs> right. You, you, you want to be in the, in the mindset to be able to have the part to fix it if it is broken. <laughs> Which I didn't have. So went right to the shutoff valve and then right to the plumbing store. All right. Now, there's a, if we're looking at the top of the water heater, there's another uh, plastic circle that's on top of the metal. What is that? Well, the manufacturers put in um, different taps so that you can add TNPs or additional pipes, and usually those those are just a, a, an entrance point to usually have to dig out the um, insulation. insulation that's in there, but it just gets you to another tap if you need that. And and some of those you'll see a, a hex head that'll you can yeah good luck getting one your, of those out, but yeah, your anode rod. You almost need a, a impact wrench to get those out, but you can take them out. Like say let's say it comes with the TMP on the side. And you want it on the top. Well, a lot of times you'll see a plastic one on top, but you need that extra hype to make the grade for the um, drain of the TMP valve. You can take it out of the side, plug that one, and then install the TMP on top. Normally, though, just buy the water heater you need with either on the side or on the top is probably the better way to go. And so in that application of the, the water drainage, I know when we're doing drain lines, you've got to have a quarter-inch slope for every foot. Do you have to have that same slope on that uh, – that water line, is that what you're talking about, making your grade? Yes, yes. Yeah, a quarter inch per foot and three-quarter inch copper drain line. So then the anode rod, the function of that is to be sacrificial to the metal tank. It's a softer metal than the tank itself, and all the hard deposits that are in our water that start rusting and corroding tanks. The thought is, well, let's give it this easier magnesium for all those hard irons to attach to and makes our tank last longer. Yeah, that's for, you know, uh, like you said, I'm, you I'm, I'm losing the word here, but electrolysism, <laughs> and it protects your tank from that uh, corroding the tank. Very, very important item. That's another item that as a professional plumber, we can come on out and check and start replacing that and add more, allowing much longer life to your water heater. The fun part for a homeowner is when they try and take one out, and maybe they do finally are able to break one loose, and they realize the rod because the center of the rod will be, is a very hard steel that the magnesium is then attached to, that the rod might be three feet long, but they only have 16 inches of clearance. And they think, how'd they get that in here? Well, exactly. it came installed from the manufacturer, yeah. and the builder didn't have the design for this to be removed. So you're like, now what am I supposed to do? Now what am I going to do? <laughs> well, Rosie, they do make segmented ones now that can drop in. I wish I would have invented that, but I did not. But they do drop in a lot easier. The, the manufacturer's development had come <laughs> up. Like you said, it's, it's kind of like putting in a chain instead of a long rod. Well, the calls have lined up. The techs have lined up. I pulled a full stack of emails uh, from listeners that came in this week. We'll get to all those as long, along with your questions here at Rosie on the House, one 767-4348. As soon as we clear a line, that's a great opportunity to get on the line. We're going to talk about the different types of water heaters that are now on the market, uh, along with uh, all the other infrastructure that <laughs> that can be applied. Water recirculating pumps, that's a big part of uh, water savings in our water heaters. And along, But it's all going to start with Steve and Prescott next. Nice find, Garrity. It's always uh, an entertainment for us to find out what he comes up with because we don't have any uh, any idea what uh, what he's got in queue for our rejoiners. And 
usually find something that ties into the topic. I want to throw out a question from Mr. Ronnie, who's out driving a garbage truck this morning. It was too loud for him to hold. He was wondering, guys, how does he know how old his water heater is? Manufacturers put a sticker on, and it should show the manufacturing date that that, that tank was made. And it's a removable sticker for warranty purposes. If you're missing one, it's probably been taken off somewhere, but that should be on there. It's usually um, like less than the size of a dollar bill, and it's usually white or silver in color, and it has all the information to that particular water heater. Sometimes those dates are in a code, and so you might want to go on to their manufacturer website, put in that serial number and model number, and then that would give you also the date because sometimes it's hidden in a code. And just because it's a newer water heater doesn't mean it can't fail. Of course, you said a great point about going to a, a car dealership and the service department is working on vehicles that are less than a month old sometimes. Yeah, if it's man-made, it can fail. <laughs> and uh, Jennifer experienced that with a water heater that was four years old just last December or this December, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, getting ready for Carol's wedding. She got married at the hospital so Dad could be there. The night before, all of a sudden we hear this pouring water in uh, the room where it's at, which is our pantry, walk in, and the thing has given out. It was only four years old. Fortunately, her father-in-law is a plumber, so at 11 o'clock at night he came and fixed it so our bride could have hot water. But how would you know that something was going to give after four years? Well, a four-year-old water heater probably isn't going to really show you any signs, but that doesn't mean that something is going wrong in there. They, you know, they, they did nothing wrong. Um, you, you know, It's mostly all visual that you look at from the outside, and you can't see the inside, so... Sometimes that's just the luck of the draw. We need to invent a camera that you scope into a water heater. <laughs> well, You've got cameras that go down plumbing lines. We need one that you could, like, snake into the water <laughs> water inlet or something. Yeah, you could. But I'll tell you what, though. If you looked inside of a water heater, you'd, you'd probably think, oh, my gosh, I'm showering in that water. Exactly. There, there's a lot of stuff well, in a water heater. And I'll say that, Romy and Jennifer. As a woman, that's one of my main reasons I want my water heater flushed and cleaned out every single year because I really do see what's in that and what stays in there. You wash your clothes, you wash your dishes, you think everything's you getting clean yourself. yourself. You want to clean that water heater out. But in that four-year-old water heater, what I have also learned over the years from all my plumbers is there's so many factors that go into a water heater. It's not just that water heater. It's your, your plumbing pressure. It uh, could maybe need an expansion tank that could have helped save that length of that time. It's cleaning it out every single year. Did that sediment build up? Did the anorod, could that have been changed a year earlier and give you much more of a maintenance issue there? So again, that, that supports the reason why manufacturers say really get your water heater checked and replace those items earlier than later to help that. It may not help it totally, but it really you do have a lot better chance of having a lot longer life if you are taking care of all the factors that go towards your water heater all the time. All the time. I just had another idea for an invention. Gary, what was our Border <laughs> Patrol agent that called in to help us talk about metals? Uh, Adrian. Adrian. Mm -hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> copper corrodes and iron or rust. iron based material rust. rust the only thing that's impervious to nature's natural solvent water is gold we need to invent gold water heaters chris <laughs> <laughs> oh that's gonna be we'll, fun we'll sell it on a lifetime <laughs> yes you need tighter home security at that point exactly <laughs> All right, and, and arm trucks to carry them around in <laughs> delivered in a brinks truck <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Let's get Stephen Prescott, who's waiting online on air. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. And Steve, you're the first caller this hour. So when we get our first gold water heater off the manufacturing line, I'll give you a, a price break. <laughs> Sounds great to me. <laughs> How can we help you? Um, got an issue. Um, fairly new home. Um, Four external hose bibs, and when I got around to hooking the hose up to one of the hose bibs, I noticed that very little water was coming out compared to the others. So the first thing I did was put a pressure test on each of the hose bibs, and they all had about 62 PSI. But then I took a five-gallon bucket and turned the hose bib on full blast, and three of them filled the bucket in X number of seconds, and the one I'm talking to you about took almost exactly twice as long to fill the five-gallon bucket with water. So, in other words, there's pressure but no volume. That would be a restriction probably somewhere either in the hose bib if you're lucky, that's it, or it could actually be in the line um, farther into the home that's restricting um, the flow of the water. You can have the same pressure out of a quarter-inch line. It'll give you so many gallons a minute. If you have 60 pounds of pressure out of a half-inch line, it'll give you a lot more. So there's a restriction somewhere there. And if it was the hose bib, how does he – he's got to remove that to test it? Or? Yeah, um, I don't. it's probably not a screw-on hose bib. It's probably – um, soldered, soldered on. on, which makes it a little bit harder. Um, but if it is a screw on, that would be great. Turn your water off, remove the hose bib, and then turn the water back on and let it flush out. And then you can put a gallon bucket there and see how much you're catching to see if it's actually the plumbing in the wall itself or is it just the hose bib. The, and you could always try just replacing the hose bib and see if you could have debris in there as well um, where the valve is that shuts it off. I mean, that, let's hope for the best. Something like that would be the, the easiest repair. And the farther away you get from wherever it's pressurized, the the slower it will naturally uh, come out anyway. Yeah. And the more 90 degrees, depending on how the line was laid, I mean, every bend, every elbow, and your plumbing just slows your water flow down as well. So you'll never have the same amount of pressure on the front of your home as you do, say, the back or, you know, out by the pool or wherever that, that farthest one away is, which is one reason— uh, Pex has become so popular because you don't have those elbows. Right. So more with uh, Linda and Chris Stanfield of Stampede Plumbing. I was looking at your partner page. You're Rosie on the house partner since 2006. Can you believe that was 14 years ago? No, I can't. You were young then. <laughs> I know. Yes, thank you. You were probably my age at that time. <laughs> yeah, I look good. How did you get a microphone into my shower this morning, Gary? <laughs> I oh, have my ways. I got to have my hot shower in the mornings. Or at the end of a long day when you're dirty, I've got to go to bed clean. I'd rather go to bed clean, unair conditioned, than in an air conditioned environment <laughs> where I'm sticky and sweaty and I've got crusted hair. Mm. All right, we've got uh, Dan Yule from Sierra Vista 
who wants to talk about tankless water heaters, which is what we were going to talk about this segment, the different types of water heater, water heater technology, water heater accessories. But we'll start off with uh, the listener's question first. We're here to help you, the Arizona homeowner. Daniel, how may we help you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was calling about a uh, – we got one of those tankless water heaters. It's the Renai brand. Um, the shower closes to it. The water takes about probably pretty close to two minutes to get hot water there, and the one farthest away from it takes about like 30 seconds. I was just trying to figure out what's going on or what do I need to do to look into that. That's a good one. I'm not going to give you a, an answer on that probably. That's really good. The only thing I can really think of right off the top of my head is measure, just like the last caller, take a bucket and measure how much water is coming out of the shower head because if you're getting um, – if one of them is a water saver, and, and um, which we all need in Arizona, you know, two gallons or less, um, it may take a while to get that water through while the one farther away may be five or six gallons a minute. And it feels great, but that would get the water there sooner. But if it's really a big difference in length – I don't know why. Now, they could have plumbed it a little different. Um, the princess's first. Just because first it's closer <laughs> to the water heater doesn't mean that the pipe went straight from the water heater to that shower. It may have gone right. somewhere first, like to the kitchen. I don't know your layout. Could have gone over there, then back over to that bathroom for some reason. But um, that would be one thing you can check and see how many gallons per minute your shower head is putting out. And at what point would it be not normal and that I need to uh, just consult with an expert? Um, so not normal in if it's too much or yeah, not I mean, enough. Like, like how many gallons of cold water coming out is like not good. Oh, you, I mean the waste of the water that you're doing. So you just, yeah. you, you time it out with a bucket and you say, okay, every time I want to use this shower, I have to waste eight gallons before I get hot enough water or four gallons or whatever that is. And that, that's a, that's a question for you. There are, um, research pumps you can put on, which will get the water to your, um, shower faster, but that is also um, an expense because you're paying for electricity and you're heating water that then doesn't get used in the pipe. Um, but we have one, and we love it. I don't think my wife would live without one. Uh, a research pump or a tankless water heater? Both. She has a tankless <laughs> and a research. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk through I'd some like of those. I like to test things, Romy, make sure it works for hey, our customers. Uh, you know, that's... I, I use that at home all the time. You, you another hammer. Hey, new ergonomical <laughs> design. I got to see how it swings. You gotta you gotta test it to know it. Um, so let's back up a little bit. He had talked about the wastewater, and that's obviously all the water in the line from the water heater to the shower head that cools off from just sitting in an uninsulated line for a long period of time. A very diehard uh, water conservationist and a listener to this program emailed in with their technique of filling up the bucket. Yes. That, you know, having a bucket filling up that cold water till the hot water gets there. And they don't have the water supply turned onto the toilet. They have it turned off and they use that water use to fill that. up the tank of the toilet to use the toilet. So they There's a lot of things you can use that water for. It, it's just like saving water when you're washing vegetables or soaking pans, things like that. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of tips on saving water because it's just a matter of thinking about it differently. I don't know if it ever got off the ground, but at the uh, one of the hardware shows in Las Vegas, there was a woman out of California that invented, I think it's called the Epiphany Showerhead. Have you all seen it? It's got a temperature gauge on it. So 
if when it gets the temperature, it shuts off. Yeah, right. yeah. Yes. So you can turn it on hot, and as soon as it gets, so if you're out, if you go brush your teeth or something while the shower runs, you're waiting. As soon as it gets hot, it shuts off. Then you go back in the shower and, and uh, turn that back on, and then you take your shower. Yeah, we've used them. I've tested them. I like them. So that's another option. Explain the research pump that you were talking about. So there's there are research pumps that for tankless and for regular water heaters, and they they will pump the water through the system to the farthest uh, point in the house or whatever fixture is the most important for you, and then it will return. Now, sometimes there's a line built with the home or is put in afterwards that will take it directly back, or you use what's called a T, uh, like under a sink, and it will push it back through the cold side until it gets hot, and then it shuts off, but that gets hot water to that fixture. And so it's taking all the cold water from the hot water supply line that, you know, because it's... we. Last time we used hot water was brushing our teeth to go to bed. We're eight hours later getting ready for the morning. That water is very cold. It forces the cold water back into the cold water line? Yeah, it just recirculates it through there, and then it goes back through the water heater, and then it's, as it gets hot, it then automatically shuts off. And when you do it on an electric or gas water heater that's a tank, the pump is at the tank, and then the bypass valve is at the furthest or, like you said, most important water heating using uh, faucet in your home yeah there's it's normally called a comfort system and so you, there's a little t that you put in under the sink that uh, hooks the hot and cold supplies together and it has a valve inside there that um, allows water to go from the hot side through into the cold and back and but when it gets to temperature just like a radiator it shuts off and is it still critical that you get one that has a timer on it yes it, it is because you don't need that system running like all night long so you can set it most people set it for like a certain three hours in the morning that they normally get up. And if they do shower at night every night, set it for a time that you're home using the water. Then that way it's not running all the time. Because that will run up your energy bill. Yes. <laughs> we, When they first came out, I remember somebody put one on. I think it, it ran it up like $120 the first month. And then they were they were buying the they then saw the value in investing another 30 bucks to get the one that had the timer. Yes. <laughs> So that's for traditional. Explain tankless and the challenges we have in retrofitting that. Um, oh, well, financial challenge, I should say. <laughs> sure. Um, so tankless, um, compared to a tank, I say a 50-gallon water heater may take 40,000 BTUs, which is a measure of gas that it takes, um, whereas the tankless needs 200,000. But the tankless will use... It takes the same amount of energy to heat the water. The tankless just does it faster, so it needs that much energy provided in five minutes to heat the water where the tank may take, um, you know, an hour to heat that same amount of water. And, and so therefore you need a larger size to get that gas supply gas to the tank. or electric. Yes. And same thing with electric. Yes. You need, you need a much, much more electric to do that. The gauge of copper wire needs to be bigger, the pipe. So immediately when we're going into the expense of a tankless water heater, they cost more than a traditional tank water heater, even though, Physical material is about, what, a sixth of a of a 50-gallon tank? Yeah, but there is a lot of technology in a tank. If you ever open those up, it looks more like a computer than it does a water heater. What's the cost difference? Is it 20% more, 50% more? Um, you know, it's hard, hard to say because there's so many different models. But, yeah, at least, probably at least double. And so we've got the additional cost of going to the newer technology. We need a bigger electric or gas line. And then to have a warranty, you also have to have water treatment equipment installed with it. 
Yes, to, to keep the manufacturer's warranty, you have to have the um, hard water. Each manufacturer is a little different, but the hard water level has to be pretty darn low. Our, we normally average around 20 grains per hardness, and they're going to want it down like around five or less. Which is really important for maintenance, too. So, yes, they want it, but as a homeowner, you want it, too, because that's going to protect your investment for a long time. The, uh, but what we do also find is sometimes people put in that water treatment, but then they forget to maintain the water treatment or put the salt in it or things like that. You've got to maintain all of that. Very, very important. And at one point, I don't know if it's still the same, but there are water heater, tankless water heater manufacturers that require a certain brand of water treatment equipment on it. So even if you had an existing water softener on it, you may have to put an additional uh, descaler on it as well to keep that manufacturer's warranty. So it's a great feature. Endless hot water is mm -hmm. wonderful. You just have to understand the additional cost. It's a lifestyle decision. It it's is not a, a lifestyle. But uh, I'll also share with you, you know, we've had ours, and ours has last at least twice as long as our tank and a lot less issues. When I go on vacation, it doesn't cost me anything. Uh, when nobody's using hot water, it doesn't cost anything. So there's, a, there's an up and down side, right? to everything and we're finding more and more people are much happier with that investment it's kind of like investing into your cell phone or something else it's not for everybody but it is really very very good and then these days it's it's much better these days you know 10 years ago a tankless water heater was made differently performed differently our gas venting is much easier now so we don't always have to put in an expense into new gas venting with the tankless water heater you can relocate it in different areas so it could be less expensive to run those lines or electric things like that so it is customizable when we retrofit it but we want to make sure it's the best for that homeowner so if it's lasting more than twice as long as your old traditional tank well then yeah on a long enough time scale you would see that investment back you just not a today investment it's a it's a long term yeah and yeah, we've been told by realtors i don't know if you've been told this romy but realtors homeowners buying homes really do like to see those tankless water heaters if they have them and they've really made a lot of improvements like um norwich right now is coming out their um, heat exchanger now is going to go to a 25 year warranty that's just unheard of 25 year 25 year so and, they're golden, and, and they're replacement. <laughs> they're replacement parts. So if it does go out, you don't have to replace the whole tankless. You can replace just the um, the heat exchanger. So they do have pop-in parts. It's not like the water heater goes bad and leaks. You pretty much have to throw that water heater away. On a tankless, if something leaks, it's not necessarily completely ruined. You may be able to make a repair on that. And then one other water heater that you also supply and uh, you have in your office is the uh, plastic ones. The Marathon. We love the Marathon. Very, very nice. Takes up more space. You've got a lot more insulation in there, but you it's heat a lifetime that tank. It's like a, a Yeti cooler. You, yes. It, it keeps whatever's inside it at that temperature so right. much longer than the rest of the competition. And we've turned them off in our shop for a couple of days, and it it's held its own. It's really good. The other thing is it's not going to leak. You know, uh, it's a very, very good tank. If you want a tank for a lifetime that's the marathon yeah i put one in the shop 50 gallons and i, and I regret that because i wish it would go bad <laughs> because it's way too big i don't need that much but i, I i'm not going to throw it away till it does go bad right. but it's a lifetime tank i may never get rid of it yeah and one neat design that they had in the marathon is the drain they've the bottom of the tank so many of the metal tanks you see the drain that comes out of the side this one still comes out of the side but the way it's designed to the interior, it's a bowl. So when you do your regular draining, 
all the water gets out. Uh, on a one that's poked out of the side of a flat one, you always have that little yes. bit that you can never get. That's right. Very nice. All right, we've got a couple callers and texts lined up. We'll run through a, a series of listener questions here at Rosie on the House right after this. We'll get right to Ray in Sun City. He's got a question for Kristen Linda Stanfield of Stampede Plumbing. Ray, go ahead, sir. Uh, yes, the valve on the inlet to my water heater. I was going to uh, flush the water heater, but the valve is frozen. I can't shut it. Is there any easy way to to uh, free it, or do I have to replace it? Chances are you're going to have to replace it, and if you because you could just try to force the valve. But if it breaks, you have to have the ability to change it at that time. Also, what you can do is you don't have to shut the water heater off necessarily. You can also just hook the hose to the bottom and turn that on, and that'll help flush. You don't have to actually shut the water heater off and drain it. But once again, that valve is the same age as the one up above probably, and so you want to make sure that that's going to be okay to work as well. And if it's a spinning valve, that's a gate valve. We like the ones that are lever, ball cock, 90-degree turn. Uh, this leads to another text question that we had, Donna and Oral. Uh, that's not the right one. Uh, we'll get to Donna. Stephanie, is it ever too late to drain your water heater? Hers is gas, nine years old, never been drained. What would you tell her? You know, um, I, I, there's a risk. There's a risk whenever you're draining the water heater. You want to make sure that you are properly prepared if you can't get that valve to work when you start to drain it, if something happens and it breaks. But the other risk is you're, you may be um, taking sediment off of an area that could leak when you remove that sediment, and you don't want to cause a leak by that. So um, as plumbers, we can go on in and do that because we're prepared for if a leak happens or if a valve breaks. But at this point, you are taking a risk if you start doing it. I personally would let that go until I was ready to change that as soon as possible because if you do have a lot of sediment in there, you're you're heading towards a leak anyway in your future. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it either. I think most plumbers would tell you if it's right. over a couple years old, just yeah. leave it out, ride yeah. it, wait till it breaks yeah. and replace it, and then clean it this time. But <laughs> that's where your homeowner calendar comes in. Put the calendar on, and once a year, put put your maintenance item on there to flush your water heater. That's what the design of it was for, <laughs> just to help us keep up with all these things that we just don't have time to think about. That's right. Our homes Use are, the calendar. Thank you. Uh, we, it, we've had a lot of fun with it. And uh, we all agreed that the 2019 was better than the 2018. We had a strategy meeting for 2020. Look how many red line edits we have already. <laughs> So we just keep learning and learning and learning. You can get your free home maintenance calendar uh, from any of our certified partners. You guys carry them That's with right. you. You can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. We'll send you one in the mail or track down our promotions team. And uh, next week they'll be in Tucson. They're not on the road today. We give them a break every now and then. But, um, uh, but they'll be in Tucson next week. Uh, let's see. Donna and Oracle, how often does the anode rod need to be replaced? She does drain it regularly. Uh, her water heater, but it didn't know about the anode rod. Do you want to go with that, Chris? Sure. Um, you just need to replace it when it deteriorates, um, and the only way you can check it is to actually pull it out and look at it. Um, if there's still quite a bit of material, like like um, Rosie said, there's a metal rod down the middle, and it's about the smaller than the size of a pencil. If that's all that's left, it's time to replace it. But if you, it, it can sometimes you can pull it out, and it can look really bad. It'll look all pitted and everything, but there's still a lot of material. That just means it's working, and that's still good. 
We have some homeowners, sorry, that we go back and literally we are replacing it every single year. Again, it's those outside factors that come into the water heater. And then other homeowners and water heaters we go into every four or five years is good enough. So it really depends on your water heater and the factors that's going towards it. How hard the water is you're putting in it, how often you're using it, the heat and cool off cycle. And if you smell rotten eggs Mm. in your hot water, that's an indication that the anode rod has leaked. But a lot of times we don't think about it, and that smell only lasts a a short period of time, time. and it's gone. Yeah. But if you smell rotten eggs in your hot water, the anode anode rod's gone. (laughs) That's one of the things I tell people. Your plumbing will talk to you, either by a smell or a sound or a hiss, something like that. It's talking to you. And speaking of a sound, that... These two questions we print off from this week were both air hammers. How do y'all, what is and how do y'all handle an air hammer? So an air hammer is when like you have a valve on and you shut it off like at your sink and you shut it off abruptly and then the water rushing to there, um, it bounces, it bounces back, it hits and bounces back. Um, you There are mechanical devices that you can use to put on there. They'll work like shock absorbers to absorb that and take that away. And those are pretty cheap. Yeah, they are pretty cheap. And, and you know, you can also just shut the valve off a little slower. That's like in the old days we didn't have this problem because they were all turn valves, and you'd turn them down, and it'd take a while for it to turn all the way down, where now everything is a quarter turn, and you just flip it, and it, it goes from full to off in a matter of less than a second. Last one real quick, real quick that we'll get to. Justin, a contractor broke the main water shutoff valve for a house while installing a water softener. Should I expect the install company um, to... Re- replace the valve or should I expect that cost myself? Well, um, the plumbing valve, if they went to shut it off to do the work, in, in his defense, I would say the valve should be in good working order that he should be able to easily turn that off and it work. If he had to force it, maybe he should have came and said something first to you before he did that, but you probably did need it replaced anyways. Linda, Chris Stanfield, thanks for being here with us Saturday mornings. If you didn't get your question answered on air, we we used to be able to see how many callers were left on hold. No, oh, we've got three questions left, but now we got to check text. We got to check email. We got to <laughs> check phones. If if you didn't get it answered, don't worry. We sit here until we get all questions answered before we head out for our weekend. Uh, but if somebody during the week needs a professional plumber for the Maricopa County area, we're here for you. Just give us a call. We'll be happy to answer any question or come on out and service you. You can find him at rosieonthehouse.com under plumbing, or that number is 602 903 1787. Thanks for 14 years so far of partnership and being every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Y'all have any weekend plans? You bet. I'm ready for the Super Bowl. Oh, yes. That is this weekend. I can't tell you the last time I saw one. <laughs> I think I think it was when the Cardinals lost. I never had a reason to watch it again. And when they took it away from the Saints in the NFC. There's always a good time that. to celebrate. It's a good time to celebrate. Sunday's going to be a horse riding day. For ah, me. good. Uh, all right. We'll see you all next Saturday. Be thankful for the God above you, those beside you, and the life before you.